0: Joey V does it all the time. Business business, 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 growth. 174% more business online. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. I am very excited for today's episode because Tyler and April, man, I feel like we've known about each other for years. We connected in person about a year or so ago, and I just get the biggest smile on my face whenever I see these two, either online or in person. Today, we're going to be talking about how to scale a business with monthly recurring revenue. Before we get to that, though, Tyler and April Do me and the audience a favor here, because what you do is so helpful and it's also super comprehensive in a really great way. So if you hopped on an elevator with someone who was a business owner and they were like, Hey, what do you guys do? What is your elevator pitch for Nomos?
1: So we tell people that we're a full service marketing agency for lawyers and that we're trying to make the law more human through authentic storytelling, design and data essentially just breaking down the barrier from someone not knowing they need an attorney to actually hiring an attorney. Man,
0: and okay, there's so many questions that I have for all of you, but I love that you described that the way you did because even if you niche down to we work with lawyers, every practice area I'm sure has different lessons that you're learning around what it takes to take a stranger to someone who is a hot lead who wants to hop on the call. And one thing that I'm hearing a lot in terms of just lawyers and law firm owners who are really starting to take marketing seriously, is there really a difference in my marketing approach if I have more of a reactive practice area that I'm in, like personal injury versus proactive, like business law or trademarks?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely a difference because the urgency with which someone has to act is completely different. And so when you're talking about personal injury or criminal defense, you do have things like the statute of limitations, you've got medical bills piling up, you've got ongoing medical treatment, or you've got like a court date. And so you have to take action pretty soon. And there is this level of immediacy. Hmm. So your follow-up sequence needs to be faster. The way that you get people signed up needs to be quicker with like business to business or something where like someone can make that decision today or a year down the road, you have to nurture that relationship and you really have to present case studies and success in a much different way, Mm. where people can visualize what their life is going to look like and how much better it's going to be if they hire you as an attorney. Man,
0: it's well said. I can tell I'm talking to two pros here. But before we get into this monthly recurring revenue topic, which I love, I'm excited to dive in on, let's zoom in on what you mean by full service. Because what you guys do really is a leg up from the other marketing companies that I know of, especially the ones that focus on lawyers. So tell us about all the different ways that you help lawyers.
2: Yes. So we try to be a one-stop shop for any attorney marketing. Mm -hmm. So we do everything from branding. So, you know, creating your logo, we can even help with naming a practice. Obviously we don't do the trademark. So
0: good though. That's so (laughs) good
2: little plug there so you know the branding logo design website design website maintenance we also do photography videography and then we really get into the ongoing services that is what you think of when you think of marketing so the seo the google ads social media social ads email marketing we even do something that we call local marketing so that would be more localized in your own community so along the lines of billboards, TV ads, radio. We're doing a lot of holiday cards right now for our clients. So anything that's within your community that you can really reach out to your clients or prospective clients, we do that as well. Man,
0: this is so helpful. And I just want to highlight a golden nugget here that I've learned the hard way. And I'm so grateful to hear that you guys do what you do the way you do it, because there are so many downsides to working with a niched expert in the marketing space, even if they work just with lawyers. I can't tell you how many times we've worked with great Facebook ads experts. And then when we weren't seeing the results that we wanted there, it really felt like we were trying to figure out how to fit the square peg in the round hole instead of saying, okay, maybe ads, isn't the answer on Facebook. Where else can we go to see how we can get the marketing leads that we need?
1: Yeah. We'll get into monthly recurring revenue in a second, but I would say that's one of our favorite conversations to have. Obviously we want to give a campaign time to optimize and see results, Yeah. but I love being able to go to a client and say, Hey, this aspect of your marketing isn't working, or it's really competitive. You're going to have to spend a little bit more money here. Is there a better way to use that money? Can we pivot in some way, or can we reduce your scope or go into a different scope and expand this one? And there's a lot of flexibility that's built in there, which we really enjoy.
2: Yeah. And I think there's no one path that works for everyone. I think everyone is in a different market and a different practice area and we can try something and it may not work in that area. And it's, I wish we had the exact formula of if you run X on this day at this time with this exact formula, it works, but it, everyone's different. Everyone has different assets. Like some people may not have as many photos. So you're working with so many different things. And so I think, really giving campaigns a go Mm -hmm. and understanding it's going to take a little bit of time to see if it works or not. I mean, with a Google ads campaign, you can't turn it on for three days and be like, it worked or it didn't. We need time to look at data. We need to go in and optimize things and really give it a try. And I think we're in a society now that wants everything immediately. I do too. I'm very much wired that way. I think the patience and being able to look at data and really see what it says in order to pivot and put your money in the correct place is just part of it in any area of marketing.
0: That fine line between how much longer to wait versus when to start pivoting or trying something new is something that can be super hard, if not impossible to try and do if this you have zero experience in all of this and you're just trying to make your best guesses. I know that whenever I log into Google ads or Facebook ads, I'm like, oh, someone else could look at this and it would be like they're reading the matrix and seeing the meaning and I'm just seeing a bunch of numbers.
2: Yeah, that's Tyler and I. He's definitely the more technical (laughs) person when it comes to things like that. But I like to simplify it and make it easy to understand. But yeah, that's sometimes I'll look at it. I'm like, you're going to need to explain this. (laughs) A little
0: right. differently. So let's shift gears to monthly recurring revenue. And this might be a good time for you guys to give us the origin story for Nomos.
2: Oh gosh, this is such a fun one. About five years ago, we had, so we're originally from North Carolina and hence the accent. Um, (laughs) Tyler doesn't have it. I always say he's a city boy. (laughs) I'm not from a very large town. And Tyler, had graduated from law school, was working and I was working remote and traveling all over the U.S. And so we had this crazy idea to move to San Diego. Like we're not those people that just pick up and move, but I was like, let's do something crazy. We're in our twenties. This is going to be really fun. And so moved to San Diego, fell in love with it, ended up, I started working with our now business partners. They have, about five businesses, and I was working with their first and primary business. It's a marketing agency, but in the dental space. Mm. And so I was one of their first few employees there. I became head of account management and really grew that team. In the process, Tyler and I became really good friends with them. It's another husband and wife team. And we just had like similar thought processes. And really our vision for growing anything was Like it just seeped, And so we just got talking with them and Tyler was a lawyer and he was freelancing on the side and building websites really to make ends meet. I was working as an
1: (laughs) editor for a magazine at the time. So I was in that creative role already and kind of stitching things together and maintaining like our website. And I just love this kind of stuff. So we ended up... Tyler's always
2: been tinkering.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Definitely a tinker, which is not always the best thing for (laughs) for a business center, but I think we just looked at our skill sets and looked at like the legal space and just thought what's missing here, Mm -hmm. what can we do or what could we take from our business partners like agency that's growing really quickly in the dental space, which is full service and take that business model and replicate it for the legal side. And of course it's not a perfect fit and we've had to make some adjustments, Mm -hmm. but it gave us a really clear roadmap for how to grow our team, how to grow like our revenue base. And that's really how we got started. And I would say like now we're on the East coast. We're back in South Carolina. So we're in Charleston, South Carolina now.
2: Yeah, so we bi-coastal, but (laughs) we moved in December of 2019. Mm. Great time to move to a new city. Highly recommend right when COVID was starting. Literally everyone's stuck inside. Thank goodness we had a backyard. But yeah, we try to be like back and forth as much as we can. A little more difficult during COVID and having a toddler, but things are picking back up. Life is getting somewhat back to normal. But yeah, this June will be our five-year celebration wow. really it's five, crazy.
0: 5 years and did it always was the idea when you started to have this recurring monthly revenue model to it
1: or did that come over time so that's definitely the foundation yeah. of the business that's where you see the most scale especially with an agency but also looking at other agencies that were potentially competing with it's like how are they growing how are they scaling how are they mm-hmm. building value with their business. And if you're just doing projects and you're just constantly chasing after the next client, your business becomes far less valuable to you or a prospective buyer. And I think as you're looking to really grow your business, like monthly recurring revenue is a great way to do that and to scale up and to provide predictability in your growth.
0: Yeah. If we can just talk like business owner to business owner for a bit about this, I can also geek out on the different models around this. And one thing that Law is testing and about to launch is more options that we have. So we have our flat fee trademark packages, which is not recurring. And then what that's naturally just opening up opportunities for is once people have their trademark, they need help protecting and monitoring that trademark and making sure that if there are any competitors or copycats or whatever, that we can help them become aware of that sooner than later. And so we're starting to create more recurring revenue models as a potential, I guess you could call it an upsell. But what I'm seeing the opportunity for us, and I think a lot of lawyers are thinking this way, is how can I create recurring revenue in like a, we're here if you need us. Mm-hmm. And that's the model, which I know is very different. Like you guys are actually providing value month to month. So can you talk a little bit about that distinction and the weight or responsibility that you have with the way that you've set it up?
2: Yeah. So I think, and Tyler, I know you have a lot to say about this too, but I think when I think about what you're talking about with Indie law, it's very similar to the way that we do hosting a website maintenance. Mm. So Obviously, when we host a website, they're on our servers. We're maintaining things on the back end, but we're not going in and making a website update unless a client says, Hey, I got a new team member. Like, we're not. And so, if they send us stuff, we'll absolutely update that. But we're like waiting for them when they have those updates. And some months they may have five or six updates. The next month, you may not have anything, but we're there if they need us. And so, that is probably the most similar. For our other services, like the SEO, Google ads, Mm -hmm. social, all that, we are delivering services throughout the month from the first to the last day, like we're doing things all throughout. And so that is really different where we're having to earn that business month over month and we're constantly in communication and to be honest there's always areas of improvement with that there's going to be things that like hey like the client didn't really like the seo content this month there was like a sentence that was off and it just really threw Mm them for a loop so we need to update that but like how can we pivot and handle that and quickly make the adjustment and not do that again so i think within that realm, that's just something that we have to be okay getting that feedback and using it to fuel us, to make us better. And that's something that we always challenge our team members with, of like, that's great feedback. Let's make sure we add this to the process because we can do that better next time.
0: Yeah, that's great. One thing that I was really impressed In terms of what I was hearing before we went live, you were saying that you guys are running your projections and you have a solid sense of what the churn rate could be or when people are eventually choosing to no longer work with you. I work with and I'm in the coach and online course space a bit, and there's a lot of talk there around even if you have a membership type model to what you do, you have to think about the typical time period of keeping those customers because there does tend to be an average of when people can fall off and as much as you would love for them to all be forever clients and customers i think it's so smart to be thinking about okay on average how long are they with us for and then you can take that number and start factoring in profits cost and if they stay with you afterwards, then great. That's just icing on the cake. But I think that's a really helpful thing to be thinking about. Is that something that you guys are finding helpful is building like KPIs and projections around that churn rate?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things we were talking about is creating a pro forma for your business where you're projecting out new sales as well as like your costs for the next year. Yeah. And one of the most important things that you can add to that pro forma is like what we call a churn rate. So how many people are going to leave your business or leave that, that recurring revenue mile every single month. And it could be 90, 95% retention rate. That sounds great. But one percentage point can make a huge difference yeah. it can be over five figures of revenue a month. And if you can tweak that a little bit and just improve that churn rate, then you can actually become way more profitable. And as you're saying, Joey, if you can prolong the relationship, even just a few months, Yeah ends up adding a lot more recurring revenue to your business. And I think for us, as we've been projecting and like thinking about like growing our team, I think that's one of the most important things to keep in mind is like, can we afford this hire now? Can we afford it in six months? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do in order to get to that point? Do we need a bigger office if we make that hire? What's that additional expense going to look like? What do we need to add to our monthly recurring revenue in order to support that type of growth? I think a lot of times we just think that the more revenue we get, the better, but that comes with so many other problems and so many other things you have to troubleshoot and revenue doesn't always mean that there's going to be an increase in profits. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to keep all that stuff in check and making sure that you're measuring it month over month and projecting that out, I think is definitely like the best way to go about that. And turn rate, I think is something that a lot of attorneys and other business owners don't necessarily Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys bringing it up. And I know that's not like the most fun of topics to be talking about, but I appreciate your just transparency around this stuff. And adding to that, we talked about, again, I'm on the same page with you guys about prioritizing profit over revenue. And one thing that I'm hearing a lot from business owners with all different types of models, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this is, when you have the types of clients that are coming in that you guys are having, there's some calculations and some decisions that have to be made of, do we start to go in a direction where we increase our prices and intentionally have fewer clients that we're serving, but more profit? Or do we want to go down a direction we, where we're getting a higher volume of clients and getting more profit in that way? Are you guys, have there been like very significant lessons learned around that math and those choices over the years yeah that and- is
2: such a good <laughs> that's like the million dollars <laughs> more like the past i don't know like year Two, and a half yeah because yeah. i think purse is something that i've struggled with because i'm like if we increase prices I want to make sure the business is better. Yeah. And yes. I think I just personally have never felt right about doing that yeah. unless they're getting more, like what is different of what they're getting. And I think it, there's two sides to everything because you look around, like everything has increased. Yeah. Like, Things that we're having to pay team members more, we're having to pay more for software products that used to be so much more affordable to use. So the cost of doing business has gone up. And so what still maintain those things cost us more. And so it's just a different world that we're almost living in than it was two years ago or three years mm-hmm. ago even so I think that has been really unique for us I wish I had the exact answer of this is how we did it and we did it perfect I feel like we're very much still in it yeah and something that we're figuring out as we go and also it's like a duel that I'm having with myself of, what's the right thing to do because both sides are that mm-hmm. it's hard
1: yeah As I say, too, with pricing increases and especially going to grow your revenue, like that is not necessarily a bad thing, because the more money that your business has and the healthier it is, the more you can reinvest in your team and your services. And I think that the thing that I see is like people like I want to be valuable or I want to be a value business for people. and. You can't get the results that they need if you're cutting costs on things like staffing and like your software products. You have to be able to afford those things. And I think the other point that you were making, which is which direction do you go? Do you take on fewer clients at a higher price point or do you sell something that's a little bit less expensive to a wider group of people? I think there's definitely, we do this with our own business. We have multiple tiers. We have a premium tier where we have clients that are doing billboards and TV ads. They require a ton of handholding, but then we also have what we call scratch practices. And these are the practices where we're doing a little bit of marketing with them and we're making sure that they have the foundations in place to start to grow their business and hopefully reinvest in marketing and move up to our growth tier in a year or two. And so I think there's a way to segment your clients as well to say, here's my one-to-many model and here's my one-to-one model. And just finding a way to do that.
2: Yeah. And I think it goes back to looking at your budget and what you can afford. I always love Mm. when we talk about like comparing it to a car, like I would love the new Land Rover, (laughs) but that's not in our budget. So like my little Volkswagen Tiguan does the trick.
0: I love Volkswagens.
2: It's a great car, two dogs and a baby. It's getting a little tight. um, It's like, that's what we can afford. And I'm so happy. I found the best option within our budget that works for our family, but I'm not going to Volkswagen and saying, Hey, can you lift this? Can you do this to this car? That's not what I paid for. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's important to keep in mind with any service that you're getting. It's got to be within the realm. And maybe one day we'll be able to get that car, but that's just not part of what we can do right now. And those are my expectations. And I think that that's important when you're thinking about any service, like people are in different like areas and different levels of what they're getting. And if you want to have all of these backlinks for an SEO campaign, and you want 4,000 words of content, like that's going to cost more than what Mm. it's going to cost for 500 words of content and no backlinks. So just kind of understanding that, but I do think we've tried to make it work within our business model where we can work with people who are all in all different stages because like get I, results for it. exactly and get results and yeah. it takes a little longer that's the way we built our business we couldn't afford to do google ads we were writing blog posts at night and doing everything ourselves and over time we started ranking on google and we just bootstrapped it and so there are ways to get that it just takes a little more patience hmm.
0: So before we move on to the next topic, if I love this topic, one thing that I think you guys have done really well, and I just want to give you all a virtual high five on this is I talk to so many business owners and especially designers, branders, people in the marketing space who have built their agency in such a way that they're one client away from a huge disaster in their company. And if they lose one big client, it's going to create a whole bunch of fires. Mm -hmm. And regardless of kind of what path you guys take, I feel like you're enough in the middle here to where you have mitigated that risk, the success of of your company, depending on one of your clients at that premium level, not leaving you.
2: Yeah, that's a really scary place to be. And I remember when I started working with our business partners, I remember team members that I worked with, we were like just getting started or they had been doing it for a while but like team members were just getting in like we were figuring out the business model and people would say why can't we just work with a couple clients and charge them a lot more and our, and this was before we had started Nomos i said well guys we could do that but then if one of those clients leaves then someone loses their job and i knew that that's just the i've seen the mad men i know how this works yeah <laughs> That is like a scary place to be. And people are going to leave for totally different reasons. It could be a mistake that was made and the ball was dropped, or it could be that, hey, like that partnership is no longer working. And so they're dissolving the business completely. It may not be something that was even in your control. And so protecting the business, protecting the team members has been really important. And I think having clients where you're not just banking on five clients to make Ends meet is really important. I mean, obviously, every client adds up to be something incredible when it comes to your monthly recurring revenue and profit. But like, mm-hmm. that's just always been a really scary place to be. And I take a more conservative approach when it comes to finances. So I would rather have a big buffer than a, like, I would no. be unwell. Like, if I was in that place, like, I wouldn't be able to function properly.
0: <laughs> Tyler, do you have thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, as I say, I think one of the biggest things here is like expectations of what it's going to look like. And it kind of goes back to this pro forma, which is what's the average lifetime value of a client? And when can you expect someone to essentially phase out? Yeah. People said, we we have clients that retire. We have clients that get sick and have to close down their practice. Mm. That's so out of your control and it just comes and goes. It's just part of life. But I think by creating contractual periods, so like a six month contract or an annual contract, that gives you a lot of predictability. Yeah. I think giving yourself this buffer of a 30-day cancellation notice, being able to say, well, okay, we're going to lose these one or two clients over the next month. Let's go out and let's get a few more sales in the door and let's make up that gap. So that way we don't lose revenue. And yeah. it gives you that ability to like, I imagine your clients or the people you work with are very similar, where it's like, if they have to go out and make a sale, they'll go out and make a sale. Mm-hmm. When you're back to the wall, it's like, you're going to make it happen one way or the other. Yep. And so I think by introducing like, contract periods and termination notices, that's going to give you that buffer as well. And I think that's really given us a lot of peace of mind. And it also helps set expectations with clients that this is a long-term relationship. This isn't something that we try for a couple of weeks and then we turn it off. This is something that we really need to make sure that we're investing in and that we're invested in you just like you're invested with us.
0: Speaking of that long-term relationship and thinking holistically about it, Tell me more about the different roles that you two play in the company.
2: Gosh, it's honestly evolved so much over five years. When we started, Tyler was really the only full-time employee. I was still working at our business Mm. partner's business doing head of account management stuff. And at night I'd come home and figure out what I could. And with the amount of clients we had starting out, I mean, we started with one, then two, then three. And yeah. it's not like we came on and had 20 the first day. That would have been cool, but didn't. <laughs> that's not the way it works. Yeah. And so I came on, Tyler did everything. Was building hmm. websites, doing, writing content. Doing
1: SEO, doing social. Like I was creating like grids and Canva yeah. and posting manually through my phone because like I didn't have scheduling software at the point at that point. I was doing what I was doing as an editor, just doing it for one law firm, right? Mm-hmm. So bringing in like different pieces of content, photography and things like that. And we were super fortunate and I know that not everyone has this leg up, but because of our relationship with our business partners, we were able to tap into their team for help. Photo and video is something that we could actually offer from day one, as opposed to like having to build up to that point. so. Yeah. It really allowed us to be full service from the very beginning. So we were very fortunate in that respect. But like April said, going from like a, a essentially a one man show to like now a team of 10 people. It takes a while and your role shift, and you have to learn new skill sets.
2: Yeah, I think we have very different skill sets and... Very different leadership styles, too, that we've tried to lean into what we're really good at and also what we enjoy doing. And for us, Tyler definitely takes more of the overall strategy, technical side of things. I do a lot more of the behind the scenes work of the unsexy things i say like finances taxes benefits i do a lot of account management stuff okay. and with our team i try to take more of a behind the scenes approach to that though i can put our account managers client success managers in a good place where i'm like helping from the behind the scenes and then they're the ones that are getting that experience and getting better and it's oh here's how i would handle the situation so that's the approach that we've taken it definitely shifts because as the business continues to yeah. grow, like, I used to not have to spend as much time on HR and things like that. And now I feel like every, it's like that's like, become a full-time job. And that has definitely changed. And I used to do a ton of leadership in my like previous roles and, mm. That's just something that Tyler has really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. And I've honestly gotten just burnout from it. And so that's something that, like, he's taken the reins on and he does so well on it, doing it. Not um, surprising. Exactly. Like, he's great. Like, he has these lessons that he does with our team every week and he, like, geeks out on it and creates visuals and PowerPoints and mm-hmm. loves that this is awesome. Like I could never do that. It's like a completely different style that we both have. And I think recognizing when we both need to take a break from this one area to give energy back to ourselves, like that's what's great about our relationship is that we're able to kind of get when the other person might need that.
0: I know there's been a lot of talk recently about the whole visionary versus integrator concept and stuff that's in the traction book are you guys seeing yourselves as co-visionaries and co-CEOs or is there a sense of one being more of the visionary and the other being more of the integrator
2: i definitely am wired as like the person who makes shit happen i hope i can say okay. that here. Yeah. Um, but i think naturally tyler is more of the visionary yeah. and the dreamer of things. And I'm like, okay, let's narrow this down. Let's be realistic. What's the time frame? Could this actually happen and really driving it that way. But I do think as we've evolved in the business and in our relationship, we've taken things from each other where I don't know if you've ever done Clifton Straits or yeah, love it. I like geek out over it. And we've, I've done it like four or five times. And I used to always laugh cause all of mine were in, gosh, what's the first category? For, there's four different groups and there's one, and it's like action oriented stuff. And it's like achiever, discipline, yeah. all these things. Mine were always in that. And achiever was always number one. And I was like, gosh, I really got to work on this. I need to have more strategic thinking. And it just didn't come like naturally as a strength to me, but I've really worked on that. And I've credit Tyler a lot because that's just the way his is always strategic and mm. last time we took it a couple months ago my number one was in strategic and it was futuristic I was like oh my gosh yes this is amazing oh I was that's
1: celebrating awesome
2: celebrating Tyler wasn't very happy with his results sorry
1: were- Tyler <laughs> mine were all exactly the same and I was like I'm just not a very well-rounded person I no
0: so I took the strength finder I think for the first time when I was in college yeah. And part of what they say is these should never change. Every time my wife has taken it and she's taken it like five times, she gets different answers. So yeah. what that tells me, because she then talked to someone I was like, what does this mean? You guys are telling me like this shouldn't change. It sounds like April, you're probably in the same bucket that my wife is in where you're so close on all of them that just small tweaks will bump other ones to the top where Tyler, you're probably more like me, where you just are very strong in certain ones. And so your top five aren't going anywhere. Right?
2: It was so funny. He said, I need to retake this. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let me see them. And I was like, you don't think this is you? I was like, Tyler, this is 100%. You're the most strategic introverted person. Like the way your mind works is like, so insanely beautiful that like, this is so cool. This is who you are. And you shouldn't be upset at that. Like those are your top Man. five natural strengths and you just need to lean into that. And I think that's been the biggest thing for us is learning to lean into our strengths. Yeah, I just say it like it is. And sometimes after the fact, I'm like, Oh, I probably should have reworded that, but that's just who I am. And it's like yeah. something that I'm aware of. I try to get better at it, but like same thing with Tyler is, I feel like you've grown in lots of other areas, but we lean into what we know we're good at and that makes it a little more mm. enjoyable and we create a better product because of that. Yeah.
0: Do you agree with all that, Tyler?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say in terms of strengths and maybe being more strategically, like I was really thinking like maybe there would be something in the category of influence or like relationship building. Cause I really enjoy working with our clients, but what I realized was the approach that I take to working with clients and like the way that I want to change things in the future, it all goes back to strategic thinking and it's like very much how do we automate some of this stuff? Like how do we scale April and I? So that way clients still have accessibility to us, even as we grow and we grow our team. And I think that by just thinking through, like, how do you leverage your strengths to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish, even if they're outside of like the realm of that strength, you can get there a lot faster. And so, yeah, I mean, to April's point, I think we're both like a little bit of like visionary and integrator. I think we've done a good job of leaning on each other. I definitely rely on her to make sure that things happen. Like if I were to be responsible for like our retirement benefits and healthcare, mm-hmm. I would miss the state like every year. But like, fortunately she's able to do that and do it. And in such a great way, even though we both share that vision for what it is that we want to accomplish and yeah. in- so what is like the five, 10-year vision for the business?
2: Gosh, that's a million-dollar question.
1: So for us, I would say we want to become better. We want to be the best legal marketing agency out there. Hmm. And I know that's very subjective, but for us, like we have pretty high standards Like when we talk about design and like what we expect in terms of results. And we're not... I don't think we're ever going to get to where we want to be because we're always going to be looking at like the next step. But I think for us, it's continuing to improve the quality of our customer service as well as the quality of our products. And with that comes revenue growth, it comes profitability. Like We have to continue to grow our client base and continue to get more revenue in the door in order to reinvest in those things yeah. and make sure that our clients are in a really good spot.
0: Is there... A sense of 10 years from now, is there any question of if either of you will still be working with the company or will one of you want to maybe peace out in the long-term before the other one does?
1: I think it, we talked about this too, which is like being a business owner is different than creating a job for yourself, right? Yeah. When you own the business, the business should not be contingent on you being around, and I think that a lot of lawyers, they like to be needed. And they essentially create a high paying job for themselves and they may love it. And I'm all for that. But if you're looking to scale a business where you can take a four week vacation or you can potentially sell the business, you have to get out of that day to day. And you have to trust your team. You have to trust your leadership in order for that business to continue to run. And so I think for us, it's not necessarily a matter of, do we see ourselves like being a part of the business or not? It's more so of, are we going to create a business that gives us that freedom? to say, we get to do this, as opposed to saying, gotta go clock in because yeah. the team needs us. And I think for us, like that's really what we're looking for.
0: Is there a, an ideal or dream, like vacation or experience that you guys want to build to making?
2: So I love your vacation that you did this year. You were, <laughs> was it four weeks you were gone? Three weeks. Three weeks. Hey, I can't tell. I really don't know when we've ever taken a three-week vacation. Like I can't, like I dream of something like that. So what we have said is that our son is 18 months. You really have been 18 years of summers where they're really with you. You can experience things because yeah. cool, they want to go and do all these things. Right, And part of owning a business and the reason why we do this is for the flexibility that it creates. Mm-hmm. And so We have always said that we want to go and spend three to four weeks somewhere different every summer and love that. Take a couple weeks of vacation, but then work a little bit while we're there. And so we want to take our son, we want to culture like this year. I'm saying it out loud so that it happens. Yes. But we are gonna go to Italy and do that with our son. And I've never been to Italy, but I know I'm gonna love it. Where in Italy? So we're still finalizing. So if you have any tips.
0: Got a place.
2: Ooh, we've got to talk then. I would love to do all of Italy, but I'm trying to figure out with a stroller, like where is the best place? Because we were looking at like the Amalfi Coast and I know that might be a little but, but yeah. let's, could we do it? He can walk. So we're logistically trying to figure it out. But we said by the new year, we want to have dates nailed down so that like we protected yeah. those dates and we can make it happen. And we work leading up to that to yeah. prepare for everything. So well,
0: I want to continue asking questions about this, but I do want to highlight that the fact that you guys have a recurring revenue model allows you to start to plan for this way easier because it's one thing I've learned from trying to take time off it's one thing to say, okay, let me have a three week vacation where the clients can be taken care of without me. And if, and when you get to that point, it is a huge milestone, but then there's a whole other level of, can we also be profitable the month that I'm gone?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. And I would say that's, so we read clock or I read clockwork Great. You know, yeah. before we adopted our son, because I was like, I want to take four weeks of paternity leave, but like, how do you do that when it's a team of four people and you're the one responsible for half the deliverables that are going out? It was like setting up the the infrastructure in order to do that. And it was definitely more of an experiment. It did not go it, as planned. It, it
2: didn't happen. But I think to that
1: point, Joey is like, you get that flexibility, you get that freedom. And even though the business may not grow during that time, or it may not be as smooth as it would be if you were in the office, like it's still going forward. Things are still happening. And I think that when you get to a point, especially when you get to a point where new sales can come in and new clients can get onboarded when you're not there, that's really where it starts to take off. We haven't achieved that yet. I'm still You'll doing, get there. I'm still doing sales for the business, but eventually like we'll get to that point where like we can't hire someone for sales and we can't hire someone to do the intake portion of things. And and so, like April said, that's our vision. That's the dream. And right now, the way that we're planning it is we're still going to work for a week or two during that time period. We're just sure. and enjoying the culture.
2: Yeah. Maybe a glass of Chianti as I'm answering emails and yeah.
0: stuff. Oh man. Let's wrap up a little early and I can talk to you guys about my place in Sicily <laughs> yes. if that's interesting to you.
2: <laughs> oh, my, we're watching White Lotus. I'm very intrigued on Sicily right now.
0: My long story, very short, my dad's dad is originally from Palermo in Sicily and about four years ago I made my first trip to meet family there my dad is I like to call him the Gary V of the construction industry so he's always working but we forced him to come with us a couple of years ago and now he goes every year and I have a family of seven plus grandkids now. And so it can be tough even to find like an Airbnb that can fit all of us. And my dad's the type of guy who like, he wanted all of us in the same van to go to church every Sunday, not to separate us. So he found us the coolest place in Palermo. It's a house that we were able to get. And it's absolutely amazing. Just a month ago, the paperwork got finalized and my dad was like, joey like promise me that you'll help me make use out of this invite your friends whatever so the invitation's open
2: oh my gosh i'm gonna have this trip planned before ending. i'll come
0: with you you can meet yeah. the vitalis
2: yes oh my gosh we've been saying we're gonna teach worth how to say chow but he's like such a country bumpkin right now that we're working on some of our words so i'm Amazing. so excited to go and take him and share all of this so what a cool connection
0: we'll make it happen thanks everybody for tuning in thank you so much tyler and april for being here sharing all of your wisdom and we'll forget when the next live version of the business growth ambassadors is coming but stay tuned and make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast everybody that'll do it for this week All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.